up, guys? This is Ricky V, and this is episode number 19 of the Elite Fitness Podcast. Now, uh, I wanted to do episode 19 just myself. This is going to be a, a short podcast, but it's a very important one because over the, ne- over the last few episodes and the next few that come, we're going to get into some more information about SARMs, some more specific information about it. And I just want to create this podcast, this content today, to just kind of give you a baseline of knowledge about SARMs and what they are and how they're different from steroids, peptides, growth hormone, all of this other stuff. So I think it's a really important podcast for you guys to listen to and learn. So here we go. Basically, what are the differences between SARMs and steroids? How did SARMs come around? How did steroids come around? So uh, let's start structurally, okay? Structurally, steroids, everything from Anabar, Dianabol, Winstrol, Deca, all the stuff you've known that's been around since the 1950s, 1960s, most of these compounds were all created. These are all very similar structures. If you look at them on paper, these structures are very, very close to each other. And the only way they're different is in how some of the molecules are, are placed and where. But for the most part, these structures are very, very, very much the same. And they all attach to the androgen receptor. Some of these structures uh, can be affected by the aromatase enzyme, which will turn the structure around, move some molecules around, and turn that testosterone now into an estrogen. Uh, it's uh, into a female hormone, from male to female hormones. And these steroids, they're very uh, primitive. Uh, they're very just uh, changes made to the original uh, structure of testosterone. Now, when you look at SARMs on paper, SARMs, uh, the structures are all very different. They look nothing like steroids. Uh, many of them don't even look anything like each other. Uh, SARMs are not just modifications of our own testosterone SARMs are completely new structures now why are bodybuilders taking SARMs and obviously why they take steroids well we want to give our body more of a signal more of a signal at the androgen receptor we want to activate the androgen receptor in the muscle cells when the androgen receptor in the muscle cells is activated it tells the nucleus of the cell to actually grow, repair, get bigger, get stronger. I guess you could say that in a way, higher testosterone levels in your body basically let your cells know that we are in the prime of our life and that we're very healthy. Your body won't produce good high levels of testosterone unless your body's really healthy. And if you're you know, a younger man, unless you're genetically gifted and you have great uh, high testosterone levels or until you're, you're older. It's really a way that your body lets every, because that's the way your body works. It sends chemical signals to all the cells from from a lot of the uh, glands and stuff like that. This is how we know, this is how your body reacts to everything. So higher testosterone levels, just your body knows that there is health. There's ample food around because your testosterone levels would drop if you were starving ample food around we're young enough and we need to just make these cells and these and these muscle cells bigger and stronger bigger and stronger muscle cells is not really something 
that's going to really benefit you in evolutionarily, I guess you can say. If anything, having bigger muscle cells only means that you have higher caloric requirements. So your body uses this androgen pathway, this testosterone, as a way to keep you really fit, strong, fighting, and horny when you are in that part of your life when you can reproduce. And it also drops when you are either too young, too small to be to get to that phase yet, or you're too old and and maybe reserving energy and and maybe not having huge muscles that require a lot of calories to be fat every day and maybe uh, being a horn dog running after mates when your uh, skeletal structure has weakened and your joints and everything has weakened over age maybe it's not the best thing so maybe when you when you are young you don't need that much testosterone your parents are taking care of you you're being protected by the village and you are just starting to develop and grow so testosterone levels stay fairly low until you hit puberty around then you're you're becoming a man uh you are almost at that age where you start looking for a mate uh you're gonna have to start fighting to to have your place in the hierarchy of your structure of your culture of your tribe of shit and animals in, in your animal pack and this is where you live out the prime of your life this is where you fight you fuck you eat you kill right and this is all you do and then as you get older, maybe uh, in humans, as you pair with a mate, testosterone levels drop just to make you less aggressive, to make you to make you chill the fuck out. Less muscle mass, less muscle mass means there's less to feed. You know, more muscle mass doesn't mean you're gonna hunt more animals. It, it just doesn't. More muscle mass doesn't mean you're gonna have access to more food. It never did. So, more muscle mass is a consequence of good health, youth. And ample food supply. It's not going having more muscle mass. Your, your body evolution never interpreted it as a something that's going to help you uh, somehow. Uh, you know, hunt more food. It's just not more muscle mass can help you around your social group inside of your social group, but not not all that for uh, for you to be a, a good hunter gatherer. So that's the way androgens work, and basically. Back going back to steroids, we just modified our own testosterone, modified it to have different, a little bit slightly different effects, and also modified it so that we could, um, so that we could uh, keep it from having bad side effects like estrogen or maybe being too androgenic and make you lose hair on your on your head and make you grow hair in your ears or something. Right? These are old things that happened back in the 60s, 70s, when all of the steroids you know were around. Now, SARMs, on the other hand, these are new structures. However, they do attach to the androgen receptor. Well, most of them do. There's some that categorize as SARMs where they're really not. Like Cartering is a good example. GW is a good example. Now, we call them SARMs, but they're really not. SARM stands for, for SARM stand for selective androgen receptor modulators. So the SARMs do go and attach to androgen receptors the same way testosterone or these other steroids have. Um, testosterone for millennia, these other steroids for decades. They attach to these to these androgen receptors, but they select for certain androgen receptors. For example, osterin will stimulate more the androgen receptors in your skeletal structure than it will your the ones 
in your muscle cells. This is why someone who's got a, a muscle or bone, someone who's got a, a, I should say, bone injury or joint injury on osteoarthritis will see much better improvement, much better results than any steroid you can have would give it. But also it, it is going to be weaker than even the, the weakest steroid like Anavar. You'll still be, someone taking osteoarthritis will still gain more muscle mass than without it, but not as much as with Anavar. But it will heal your joints better than anything steroids can do. Osteoarthritis, for example, has really been developed to help people, older, older people uh, heal bone injuries that maybe wouldn't have healed up uh, quite as quickly, quite as well right away without it. So these SARMs, although they that the structure allows them to attach to androgen receptors, the structure, the structure that they're how they're put together, it, it won't interact with aromatase enzyme or the fibrodictase enzyme or any of these enzymes that turn your steroids or your testosterone into estrogen or even something like the hydrotestosterone which is going to be more androgenic and way less anabolic than your testosterone and it's going to cause it's going to give you a higher chance of having issues with your prostate or with losing your hair and your head correct so psalms are very new they've really started to be in the market for bodybuilders and gain popularity around 2005 to until now uh, they are in the in the market basically as research chemicals they haven't been approved by the fda none of them have been approved by the fda for human use and, and that's another big difference between say something like anavar trembolone equipoise masteron testosterone and antipropionate cypionate you name it nandrolone deca all this stuff at some point it got approved for human use even trembolone was approved for human use uh, there was a popular brand called Parabolin out of France by a company named, named Negma. And somehow, for one reason or, not, or another, new drugs came out that replaced them for some of the reasons they were being used. And so the steroids kind of fell out of favor for things like anemia and certain wasting diseases and certain things that they just, they just, to help your skin heal after, after a burn like Anavar. Some of these things, other newer drugs and techniques came out. And so steroids kind of lost lost a little bit of favor in that regard. And then 1991, they were all scheduled, uh, made illegal, as illegal as something like crack cocaine, you know, or something along those lines. Now, SARMs, on the other hand, they're, they have not been approved for human use. Some are still in, in human trials. Uh, some haven't made it out of animal uh, testing. And we're, we just kind of jumped the gun and are using them. You know, the, the, these pharmaceutical companies are still researching them. And what guys are doing is they're, they're figuring out what nomenclature, what structure these companies are using. And then they're having them made overseas uh, in China and, and India, some of these other places. And obviously, these pharmaceutical companies that are public, they're, they're trying to drum up support they're trying to drum up financial support in the way of investors so if they have an osterin ready on the line they're gonna go and make it very public they're gonna let everyone know what their testing shows and what promise this drug has and when they do that and some of these underground chemists some of these underground scientists see that these pharmaceutical companies are releasing uh, some sort of information about a drug that could benefit a bodybuilder that could help 
a bodybuilder, grow more muscle, get leaner, or help an athlete perform better, then they're all over it. They're trying to find a way to bring it into the, the underground world of the performance enhancement drugs. So this is a, a good breakdown of what the, the big difference is between regular steroids and your SARMs. You know, regular steroids been around since the 50s, 60s. When you look at them on paper, unless you know what you're looking at, they all look pretty identical. A matter of fact, if you look at testosterone and estrogen on paper, unless you know what you're looking at as far as where the molecules should be, you won't really, I mean, lame man, you won't know much of the difference uh, between estrogen or testosterone, the hydrotestosterone and androlone. Well, if you look at androlone, um, well, I should say nandrolone, not DECA, because DECA is nandrolone undecanoate, and they'll, on the on paper, you will see that long tail of the undecanoate uh, ester, uh, the canoate ester that nandrolone has, I guess, just a little throw in. But now when you look at the different SARMs on, the, on paper, when you look at the difference between Austrian, S4, um, GW, especially, YK11, RAD, you look at all these on paper, look very different, very different. The structures don't even look similar to the steroid structures, uh, with the exception of one of the SARMs. Um, all of the structures are very different. And yet, they all, SARMs and steroids, attach to the androgen receptor. It's just that SARMs are selective for certain androgen receptors and also the way that they act on the androgen receptor is quite different. And this is just what this whole podcast needed to be about today. It's not it's not a long one. It's a short one. I just wanted everyone to understand the difference between SARMs and steroids. Um, I did mention at the beginning of the show peptides and, and growth hormone. That's a different pathway, guys. Peptides and growth hormones, different pathway. They don't attach to the androgen receptor. They attach to different receptors in the cells and peptides in i'll give you an example growth hormone growth hormone is a large complex protein structure that's all folded up and it's unique to each individual um i i should say each animal for example humans make a different growth hormone than horses do however humans make pretty much the same testosterone molecule that horses do so the testosterone of a horse will work on a human. The testosterone of a human will work on a horse. But the growth hormone, meaning the pituitary gland of the human, will not work the same in a horse, and the horses will not work the same on a human. Complexity to complexity and size to size, uh, you could say that if, if testosterone was a soccer ball in complexity and size, uh, a, a unit of human growth hormone, not an international unit, just just one human growth hormone would be almost like a car, like a vehicle, as far as size, complexity. It's folded up, complex protein structure that could get messed up pretty easily with too much heat, too much cold. Even just just smashing it around and stirring it could hurt that human growth hormone. Testosterone, uh, not so much. You could raise the temperature on it, uh, drop it a, a bit. Um, and really not have to worry too much about that testosterone being destroyed. It's a very simple structure. And when it comes to, to, to SARMs, uh, SARMs are 
in some cases, more complex structures than your regular steroids, but definitely not as complex as human growth hormone or some of these peptides as far as what the what with the complexity of everything and all the molecules and structures that make up that's this peptide this this human growth hormone it's a different story and they don't attach to androgen receptors so that's the difference between those that you should know but the main difference i just went through it as far as steroids and SARMs and that's going to be a really good information for you to have going forward so that in the future podcast that we'll be doing, where we'll be getting some more into SARMs. You'll, you'll understand that offhand. You'll know what we're talking about here. And uh, I guess that's it for today, guys. Really nice, quick, short podcast. It's just me on this one. And I will see you guys next week with a better, more in-depth podcast. Hopefully, I'll be able to have a really good guest for you guys next week. I I do this by the fly, so I, so I don't know who's going to be on, but we'll work something out. I'll make sure to get somebody on for you guys to listen to. So um, without further ado, this is Ricky V. Rock signing off. Check me out at RickyVRock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y, V as in victory, R-O-C-K.com. That is my social. You come and check me out and come talk to me. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>